Hello, Ducks fans. Welcome to another episode of the Quack Report. My name is Carter, and I'm joined by Nate, as always, except for last week, where I couldn't say as always, but now I can say as always. Maybe I should say as usual. As usual, I'm joined by Nate. There you go. go. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I think out of the four years, I've only missed, what, two episodes? Two, maybe three? Like Maybe. Three. Maybe, yeah. It hasn't been a ton, yeah. so. Yeah. We've been pretty consistent. It's been good. I'm 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 committed. I'm committed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I have suffered through this team for four years. That's how you know my commitment level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Want anybody questioning huh. that shit? <laughs> yeah. And you came back too. So. And I came back. Yeah. yeah. I could have just said, "Ah, oh, fuck it," you know. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christian and Griffin did a great job filling in for you. Uh, we we talked for a good forty-ish, forty-five minutes about the Avs and. Um, they convinced, I'm, I'm sure, a lot of Ducks fans to cheer for the Abs in the playoffs, and uh, yeah, not me. They didn't convince no, me. No, yeah, they did get a they did get a let's go Abs out of me, but you know, it it's not like I'm cheering for the Abs in the playoffs. I was gonna say you said let's go Abs, and that's the team that knocked out the Oilers last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, from well, I mean, just from a hockey perspective and from a Ducks perspective, the Abs are a good team to watch because you know Cogliano, Manson. Former yeah, fair there. enough. Um, and then you know they're they're just a lot of fun. Like McKinnon's good, Rantanen's good. Um, and then you know, ideally we get a rematch of the Oilers and the Avs in the conference finals. That that would be super exciting for me, anyways. So <laughs> yeah, you could uh, you could have pretty much a, a total rewrite of uh, last year's playoffs for the Edmonton Oilers. Right, beat the LA Kings in the first round, uh, beat the Calgary Flames in the second round. Oh wait, um, <laughs> yeah. That's a different show for me, I guess. Uh, and lose to the then lose to the ass in the third round. Yeah, you could almost do a complete rerun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, at worst, if they if they do beat the Avs, then you just get a 2006 rerun. Because Carolina's going to be in the final, Car- you think? Well, potentially they're in the playoffs, so it is true. Yeah, they got, they got a one in eight chance of making the finals. I'm not is very good at statistics, chance? but. No, what is, what there's no way. Puck, what does Money Puck sure. have their chances at? at Honestly, I think they had the second or third best puck. odds like a couple weeks ago when I looked. They had like something like a 10%. Oh, no. It was 10 or 11% chance to win the Cup. I don't know what it would have been to make the Cup finals. But. Uh, Carolina to win the Cup is a 10.2% chance, according to Money Puck, and a 204 to make the finals, which is fourth in, uh, in the HL playoff odds for Money Puck. Okay, so essentially, they're guaranteed to make it past the first round, and then after that, they have a one in four chance to make the cup finals. Yeah, their their make the second round is sixty five point eight, and then their third round is forty one point eight. It's just a massive drop off. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, mind you, though, it is for everybody. But yeah, yeah. Oh no, I guess they're not in the same division as Boston. But yeah, so yeah, Colorado and Edmonton have the top two. Uh, chances of winning the cup um, as well as making the finals, obviously. Edmonton at 22.7%, Colorado at 22.2%. To to win the cup? To make the finals. Oh, to make the finals, 22. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So I was like, twenty-two percent to win the cup seems like a lot. Like, yeah, should I be putting money high. down here? Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> Edmonton at the highest for the cup win. Like I said, at thirteen point one. Oh, okay. So. Interesting. Poor Interesting. Toronto fans at 8.1 there to yeah. win the cup. But, oh, man, oh, man. 
59.9% to make the second round. Hmm. It's got Tampa at 40.1% to make the second. Hmm. Toronto's got to do it, man. Toronto's got to do it. Yeah. And you know what? I, I think I'll, you know what? I'll make the proclamation here. That's who I'm, that's whose bandwagon I'm hopping on for these playoffs is the Toronto Maple Leafs. You're jumping on on their bandwagon. Yeah, Fair. I was debating I mean, Canadian I was, team. So yeah, I was yeah. debating between them and the Rangers. Um, oh yeah. Normally for bandwagon in the playoffs, I'll hop on an Eastern team because like yeah, I can't. You got too much of a rivalry with the Western teams. Yeah, yeah. so I'll go for the East. But uh, yeah, you know what? I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna join the suffering and uh, go with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I'll uh, nice. I'll, I'll take down the jersey here. I'll have it to wear. I might meet up with uh, our buddy Shane. He's also a he's a he's Flames and Leafs, so oh, okay. he's been he's he's ready to go for the Leafs kind of thing. So maybe I'll go join him just to watch some more hockey. <laughs> nice, nice. Just to feel a part of something, you know, because both my teams are done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't even get the playoffs. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Maybe that's maybe that's just the world's way of you know trying to make up for that I didn't get to go golfing last year. Just hey, both your teams are out. Just go golf now. Go yeah, golf now in April. No excuse now. No excuse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> my, my shoulders fu- not fucked up. Your teams aren't in the playoffs. Just go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah. I mean, we got a pretty uh, pretty good episode coming up here. We've got the final game of the season to talk about, uh, and the final game of the freeway face-off for this season. Uh, we've got uh, some official draft lottery talk to to talk about. It's not um, hypothetical. It's not, not hypothetical no, anymore. No, it's it's very real. Um, but we'll get there. We uh, have a couple. Well, really, one, one other piece of news that uh, we're not going to say what it is, but we all know what it is. We all know what it is, though. We're we're all, we're all here. We everybody knows. Everybody, come on. <laughs> if you, if you don't know, then you're you're going to find out. But you know, it's this would have been the episode that would have been great to be live, specifically. Flora's in the chat. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I did see that she posted a video. Like, it's finally happened. Yes, I, I, I haven't had I haven't had a chance to look at it yet, but I did see that it, it's up. It, like, pretty pretty much immediately too. So <laughs> she's had that one ready to go for a while. Ready to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're also going to recap the season for the Ducks specifically by going through some roster stats. We're going to revisit way way back our <laughs> way too early season predictions. Uh, from back in when was that October that we did that September October September October yeah, I think it was early October I think we might have done it like the day that the season started yeah or maybe. I guess or very close to or like put them out kind of thing updated training rules. oh no no we did do it yeah before just before so well, yeah, before? yeah anyways we've got um yeah we got that to go through and uh yeah oh boy there's 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 definitely some way too early predictions in there for sure that's the fun of them <laughs> yeah uh, we're also going to recap the Gulls season. Um, I, I kind of touched on it on Wednesday after the uh, the Avs guys left, but there is a couple more games. So we do have kind of like the final record and the final stats now. Um, so it won't be it won't be too long, but we'll we'll hit that put that in there as well. And uh, then yeah, also we have not just one, not two, but three BDE moves cool. coming for you in this. It's a lot of BDEs. It is a gangbang yeah. of BDEs. <laughs> And with that, <laughs> we know that we're done. We can't, we're, you can't put that out on YouTube. We're fired. Thank you guys very much for listening. <laughs> okay. So on uh, Friday, 
my uh my, my, my stepmom had messaged me because she came across the clip from Wednesday's live episode mm-hmm. and just had a screen cap of the clip and just asked, are you still in this group? <laughs> um, I said, you know, just I just missed that episode. Uh, after that comment, though, uh, I, I might be fired. I don't know. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll see after. Tune in next time to see if I'm actually still here. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Also, I wanted to bring this up, and then we can, can actually I, get started. Can I get oh. fired when I have 50% stake? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, probably not. Yeah. Anyways, I wanted to bring this up. Right yeah, here. I you the, the yeah, I got, I got a new. There. It's not a. Back, it's not gonna be a permanent background decoration. But I got. I got to scare it, or not scare it. I got to share it with the world. And for those <laughs> of you not watching, imagine an avocado, but with a cat face and ears. It even has yeah. a tail, as well. Little. So it's yeah, it's an avocado, like a, like a C A T. Avocado. Avocado. Av- avocado. Yeah. There you go. I love it. Yeah. yeah. I was going to ask about it, actually. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just had to show it off. Like, the world needs to know that this exists. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, now you're just making me want guacamole, man. Sorry. I'm sorry. running on, like, two pepperoni sticks right now, and we're getting started at, like, 2.30 yeah. in the afternoon. So That's fair, yeah. I am, I am um, a little hungry. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, you, you remember the Duck Nana? The Duck Nana? No. Yeah. I don't remember that. No? You didn't see the Duck Nana? It was the Duck oh. Nana. How many times can we say Duck Nana at the start of this before we eventually get to talking about the Kings and Ducks game? <laughs> Stay tuned to find out. Duck Good Nana, question. Duck Nana, yeah. Duck Nana. Duck Nana. <laughs> Hold up. I just got a open... Where is it? Open link? No. Open image in new tab. That's what I want. Ah, there we go. Oh. What was it? Duck Nana. I can't believe you didn't see the Duck Nana. Like, is it like a Nana duck? Like, is that what it is? Yeah, or... I'll show you. Oh, that is way bigger than it needed to be. Hold <laughs> up. <laughs> I, I just see a duck face here. What? What? <laughs> oh, God. How do I zoom out? There we go. <laughs> What's going on? I'm so confused. It, it's a duck nana. It's a banana with, you know, oh, duck there we go. feet, what peels, and a duck. Fuck? <laughs> yeah. A duck nana. Okay, remember a couple episodes ago we had shown the uh, the the AI-generated image of Wild Wing riding a dinosaur, but, like, mm-hmm. Wild Wing and the dinosaur had the same head, right? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, like yeah. two bodies. Like, yeah, like this yeah. reminds me of something that like AI would create. Yeah, right. But no, this is a hundred percent real. It's uh, it was sold in <laughs> London Drugs in in Western Canada. Same with, and that's where the avoc- right. the avocado came from too. Is this your picture? Like, did you come across this? No, the, no, no. This was on Twitter, but I did oh, okay. see it. I, I did see it in the flesh at our local London Drugs. And it's like a garden decoration. It's like made out of like a like a like a plastic kind of thing. Yeah. And that's I that's what the it. avocado is too. I, I hate it, but I need it at the same time. Yeah, right. <laughs> that that's how I felt about it too. But it was the they that? only had like like big versions of it, so it was expensive. Whereas the avocado, they had it was twenty bucks. And I was like, well, fuck, I'm not gonna let twenty bucks stand between me and eternal happiness. <laughs> they did have a $70, like, you know, two and a half, three foot tall one. I yeah. drew the line there, but yeah. Oh man, no, you should have gone all out. Should have gone all out and just like uh, had it in yeah. the corner back there. <laughs> just would be good. Up. It would be good. Yeah. Um, but right. anyways, yeah, just okay. had to share that with the world. So all right. If you're just all listening, right. just just Google <laughs> avocado. So A V O dash C A T dash O in Google. 
All right. And experience it for yourself. Do it. Okay. Now, <laughs> <laughs> on to another experience, which is Ducks Hockey in 2023. <laughs> yeah. This was definitely an experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's get into it. I mean, can this team pay for my therapy? <laughs> they're they're, they're going to have a pretty hefty bill if they're paying for everybody's therapy. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, they're ducks. They got enough bills to go around. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ducks and Kings. Yep. Uh Kings win this one 5-3. The Ducks finish the season losing 13 straight games. Uh, only two points in those in those games as well. It is impressive. I love the fact that, you know, like when was that? Like February, March, they went like on a on like a point streak. And we were yeah, all like, what the fuck are you guys? Yeah, five or I don't know, I thought it was like seven or eight. Maybe. Could have um, been. Yeah. But you know, we're all like, guys, the fuck are you doing? You're messing up your odds. And uh, yeah, we should have known better. Oh, yeah. Right? It should have been like, oh, we're, we're going to mess up the odds for a little bit. And then don't worry. We'll we'll make sure we're back there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so but, the, yeah. yeah, they did that. And I mean, in this 13-game losing streak, they did get two points in overtime losses to Arizona and Colorado. Um, back-to-back as well. Back-to-back, yeah. So not 13 straight regulation losses, just 13 straight losses. Yeah. Um. Kings sweep the freeway faceoff for mm-hmm. the first time ever that the freeway faceoff has had a sweep since oh, wow. it began in 1993. Damn. Um, and uh, you know what? Like, do, how how deep into this game do you really want to get? I mean, what more is there to say? Like, we were abysmal in the second period. We saw we took too many games penalties. Before. And, yeah. Like, it, it, yeah, like it's there, there was nothing new here to talk about. Okay, I will make one comment on the penalties really quickly. We don't have to stick on it too long because oh, sure. we know that the refs have fucking sucked this year throughout. Yeah. And I yeah. can't wait to see how they make it even worse during the NHL playoffs. Oh, that's um, be good. However, though, the Ducks ending the season with eight power plays given to the LA Kings, two of them were from the bench, right? In terms mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, a delay of game for challenging that goal, which as soon as you watch the replay, you're like, no, that is a goal. Mm-hmm. Like, who yeah. signed off on challenging this? Uh, yeah. And the other one was, you know, just too many men. Um, but then there were like, a, there were a couple in there that were just like, what the fuck are we doing here? Kind of thing that yeah. in the third period, I think the Ducks did take exception to, and they're like, fine, you know what? If you're going to hand out penalties, we're going to make sure that we fucking deserve them. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> um, yeah. That, that was one time where I was like, okay, you know what? Fine. Go for it. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really the only thing I think yeah. worth talking uh, I mean, about. But. Yeah, like Kings were two for eight on the power play in that game. So, you know, 75% penalty kill. Like, it's not great, but like, I mean, when you're taking eight penalties, like if you're only giving up two, like, that's decent. It I could guess. be a lot worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that is higher than our season average. We were, we were below 75 for the season, were we not? I am taking a look right now. We were at 72.1%. Yeah. 
Okay, so yeah, there we go. We, we bumped up that average a little bit in the last yep. game of the season. So there you go. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I, I don't really have anything else to say about this game. Like, yeah, there is positives, and like you know, Terry looked good, Gibson looked good, but um, yeah. it's kind of all for naught at this point, and we've we've pumped those guys' tires all season long. So yeah, exactly. And this was a game that you know everyone's. It was such a weird thing for Ducks fans this season that hopefully we don't really need to. We, we don't want to be experiencing this again in the yeah. sense of like you're, you're a fan of a team, you cheer for them to win, mm-hmm. but this was the case where you're a fan of a team and you're cheering for them to lose, right? Just yeah. especially in those last couple of games with how tight everything was for that last spot for the best chance at Connor Bedard. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was a really weird thought process, I think, for not just us, but you know, Ducks fans. Uh, around the world, yeah, yeah um, just sure. with what was potentially at stake there. So, yeah, no, definitely. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I guess if there's nothing else to talk about, I'm going to use it as a bit of a segue. Go for that, it. That you know, we were cheering for the Ducks to lose this game, and they did. My favorite thing was the LA Kings on Twitter putting out a video not long after that game had finished showing where they were in the standings and then showing that you had to scroll quite a ways to find the Anaheim Ducks there. Mm -hmm. And my favorite thing about that is that, yes, the Anaheim Ducks finished 32nd in the league. That sucks, right? You're Mm -hmm. dead last. However, though, that Kings, the, the Kings winning that game solidified that the Ducks were getting 32nd spot. Also solidifying that they had the best chance at 25.5% for the first overall pick, which we are looking at Mr. Connor Bedard. Mm-hmm. Imagine, so we saw the month, or a little less than a month before the draft lottery, yeah. uh, before we know our actual positioning in the draft. Mm-hmm. If the Ducks get that first pick, imagine being the team, you're like, yeah, we beat you guys. Like, we beat our rivals. We swept them. Just for a hat. For that to result, or to be a large part of a result, I guess, with Mm -hmm. how tight everything was at the end, of your rival getting a generational talent that is looking to like cave your skull in for the next 10 years. 10, 15, (laughs) probably. (laughs) At least, yeah. Take your W now, LA, because if if Anaheim does get Bedard... It, it may be one of the last, or there will be. It'll at least be very hard to come by a W. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So that's Uh-oh. yeah. I, I really hope so, just so <laughs> that you know, just so we can rub it in Kings fans' faces, just just a little bit. Just a little. So because for whatever reason, they Kings fans like are just always in Anaheim Duck mentions. Yeah, even if they're not playing them, they're just there. Rent free, baby. Just living rent free. Do you have anything else going on? In your life, it's LA. There's a lot going on. Go do something. Go do something yeah. else. Go, go outside. Um, Touch grass. Literally, <laughs> you could do it any time of year. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the Ducks finishing the season 23, 47, and 12, 58 points on the season, which is just an ouch. Yeah. But like I said, it's, the it is better is, than I thought we would be doing, considering how long it took to get a regulation win for this team. Yeah, 58 points too. is a lot higher than I thought we would finish we were, with at that point. We were, yeah, we were looking at the records for regulation wins and just wins overall for a mm-hmm. large chunk of the season here. So, yeah. Um, but like I said, there's a positive that does come with it. 
we have the best chance of the first overall pick for the upcoming draft, 25.5%. Um, and just so everybody else has an understanding of here as well, um, Columbus uh, would have the second best odds at the first overall pick at 13.5%. Uh, mm-hmm. Chicago at 11.5%. We were laughing off air as well that the uh, Chicago Blackhawks beating the Pittsburgh Penguins, taking the Penguins out of the playoffs, but also taking the Blackhawks out of are uh, severely hindering their chance at uh, at the first overall pick there because otherwise mm-hmm. Chicago could have had that last place spot. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah. So Anaheim can only finish as or can only draft as, as low long. as third overall, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. We're looking at a great player joining our roster coming up here in the next year or two. Yeah. Um, at most, I would say, with mm-hmm. what is available here at uh, at the draft table. So, yeah. Um, sure. And uh, yeah, just to let everybody know as well, the NHL draft lottery will be held on May eighth, uh, seven p.m. Pacific on ESPN and Sportsnet. If you're in Canada, uh, mm-hmm. to to truly determine the Ducks draft position, um, which could very well be celebration night. Yeah. Oh so. yes, for sure. Um, yeah, one thing that I've misunderstood the last few years, because this is the way it used to be, but I guess this changed in 2020. So I've probably been spewing a little bit of misinformation out there every time we've brought up the draft. So I just want to clarify it. At least they you're doing it by accident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so previously, they would do a draft lottery for the top three picks. So they would draft, or they would do the lottery for the first position, and the, or for the... the and then that team would be taken out, and then they would do another lottery for the second pick, take that team out as well, and then do a lottery for the third. Um, yeah, and then I guess in 2021, 2022, and also this year, uh, they're only doing the top two picks, which is why the Ducks can only finish as low as third. Um, because, say, Montreal and Arizona, say, could get the top two, but then after that, it's just reverse standings order. So so that's how that works. Um so if I said at any point in the season the Ducks can finish, or if they finish last, then top four is the best they can get. I was wrong. It's top three is the best. So top three pick is the best they can do. Um, and then also new this year is the you can't go any higher than um, or move up more than 10 spots. So really the top 11 have a chance at the first overall pick. Yeah, which uh, for anybody curious, uh, Anaheim, Columbus, Chicago, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, San Jose, Montreal, Arizona, Philadelphia, Washington, Detroit, St. Louis, and Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Which that doesn't mean that the other teams, Ottawa, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Nashville, and Calgary are out of it. They, it's just if they win it, they only move up those 10 spots. They don't. So then Anaheim is yeah, so unaffected they actually, in that top spot. Yeah. So they can't, um, they, yeah, they can't get Bedard. They are out of that. Um, if any of those teams get picked, um, according to Tankathon here, uh, where did that go? Yeah, so um, if a team in the 12 to 16 range wins the first drawing, uh, which is the first overall pick, uh, the first pick will remain with the worst team, in this case being Anaheim. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and, same with, and same with the second one as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, so really, even though the Ducks have an 18 and a half percent odd or chance of winning it themselves of, you know, 
their lottery balls coming up and saying, Anna, no, Anaheim gets the first overall pick for sure. Really, an Ottawa, a Buffalo, a Pittsburgh, a Calgary, and a Nashville lottery win is also an Anaheim first overall yeah. pick win. So, so that's where the 18.5% to 25.5% moves because those bottom five teams combined have a 5% chance, or sorry, a 7% chance, which then bumps the Anaheim odds up. So that's yeah. that's where that's coming. So if you see 25.5% chance and you're like, well, the guys on the Quack Report said 185 that's where that's coming from. So Yeah. And and the the reason why is you can't move up more than ten spots. So, so yeah, we're so close, so close to all this potentially being worth it. Mm-hmm. And I get the feeling that you know if you get first, obviously fantastic. Yeah, second is still good. Second is still good, mm-hmm. but it's just going to be another backhand like uh, like the two thousand five draft. With, oh uh, yeah. With Sidney Crosby up for grabs. Mm-hmm. And again, we got Bobby Ryan. That was fantastic. Yeah. But to have two general generational talents be there, available for us to take, and the lottery screw us out of it. Yeah. I I, I wouldn't be too happy about that personally. <laughs> yeah. Did the Ducks uh have like like finish lowest in the standings that year or what happened? Or was it back then they only just did reverse standings? Um, I, well, I think they had to they had to implement the lottery because of um, the lockout that year, right? Oh, okay. So I don't remember exactly how that worked out. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, but yeah, no, that would uh, <laughs> yeah, that would suck to yeah, to finish that badly and like have that bad of a season and just not get Bedard, but. Yeah. I, I, I'm I'm confident. I'm optimistic that we can do it. We have luck on our side in the and sense, math. Well, and uh, yeah, luck, math, and history on our side. As mm-hmm. I'm going to move us to the next point here with a very nice um, segue. Perfect. I love when the it. Love when it. the the last generational talent you could argue, Mr. Connor McDavid, mm-hmm. who Carter is quite familiar with. Carter, who was the head coach for a good chunk of that season for the Edmonton Oilers before um, McDavid was drafted? Hmm. Dallas Eakins? Correct. Does, does that sound familiar Correct. to anybody? <laughs> so we got some history here that Dallas Eakins can lead teams to the promised land of mm-hmm. generational talents. <laughs> yeah, we've got Lottery Ball Hall, and we've got... Hmm. I don't know, there isn't, there isn't anything that I think would rhyme with Dallas Eakins there, but... Lottery, lottery ball Eakins. Reekins really with Eakins? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, Taylor Hall seems to bring first overall picks around generally wherever he goes. Um, Dallas Eakins. Except you know, for Boston. He brings Boston, first yeah. overall in the standings. <laughs> yeah, first overall something anyways. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, I mean, yes, Dallas Eakins has only had two NHL coaching positions, but, I mean, when the first one ends in just everybody wanting you out and then eventually you get out after just the worst season ever you get uh Connor McDavid the the Oilers didn't finish last in the standings that year like the Ducks did but oh, that was um, third last if i'm not mistaken i believe so yeah, yeah. I, I think so and then you know it's just interesting that there's a little bit of a mirror there with okay you get fired and like this next generational talent player 
is right there for the taking. So, so yeah. if Columbus doesn't get the first overall pick, they now have a coaching vacancy. Do they hire mm-hmm. Dallas Akins? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It depends if there's like, I don't know. We, we would have to write to the hockey gods and do like some sort of probably blood sacrifice to figure out how exactly this whole process works. But yeah. I don't know if there's like a minimum amount of time where you have to keep Dallas Eakins around before you get that generational talent. But And also I don't know if there's a generational talent type player coming up next year or in yeah, a couple of years. But, year, but yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to see. But I, I think I think Dallas Eakins has a coaching position eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Just Andrew- for that. <laughs> yeah. You are a little bit out of the loop and you're going, what do you mean Dallas Higgins for coaching position in Columbus next year? That's because the Ducks will not renew the contract with Dallas Higgins. We, as much as we joke about it, we have, we've, we've done it, people. We have managed to get through this season, especially with Dallas, right? On his uh, one year, the extent, or not extension, but like the optional extra year on his contract. Mm-hmm. We've gotten through it. And something I realized actually was uh, not only was Dallas Agans hired during the 2019 uh, offseason mm-hmm. uh, to uh, head coach the Anaheim Ducks, we were hired in the offseason of 2019 to cover the Anaheim Ducks. Mm-hmm. We have officially lasted longer than a head coach under this, like in this franchise. Yep. So we can give ourselves a pat on the bat there that we've that we've stuck around this long yeah because honestly we're a lot easier to fire than dallas higgins was i think yeah (laughs) yeah for sure for sure but yeah so yeah uh, i mean yeah like obviously we're sad to see him go but i mean the results that for this season um we already talked about like you know we are gonna have that first or we're gonna have a good player coming with this draft um so like we we do kind of have him to thank for that I guess. So like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think there's any word though on any of the other assistants. <clears throat> no. Um, um, actually, in Pat Verbeek's presser that uh, is on Duck's stream, I know you said you had a busier weekend, so you yeah. haven't. You've been kind of behind on stuff, but um, but he did. But the assistant coaches are around, <laughs> and um, actually, this might have been on Thirty Two Thoughts. I listened to them both like back to back, so <laughs> the information <laughs> I'm like mixing up where it came from, but. It's it's accurate, nonetheless. Um, the assistants are still around, and when a coach comes in, you know he he doesn't want to get rid of the assistant coaches yet, Pat Verbeek, because like you know they might the coach might say like, oh no, I uh, I want to like have these guys around because they know what's going on in the team, so like they'll yeah. be good to help out. But some coaches aren't like that. Some coaches want to come in and be like, nope, clean in house. I'm bringing in my own guys. I want this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, kind of thing. So um, mm-hmm. so right now they're still around, but. You know, that's not a guarantee, I guess, that they will still be here next season. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, Dallas uh, went 100, 147, and 44 across four seasons with the Ducks with no playoff appearances. Um, mm-hmm. If you're looking strictly at wins, losses, that's 100 and 191. Yikes. It's been rough times for the last yeah. four years. <laughs> yeah. And again, we have covered this team for that entire time. <laughs> yep. How are we surviving? <laughs> I don't know, man. I have no idea. <laughs> oh, but huh. uh, with that announcement, though, 
there were, uh, you know, some, some quotes from various levels of the Ducks organization here. Uh, we'll start with uh, Henry Samueli, who said, we thank Dallas for his eight years with the organization as head coach of both the Ducks and Gulls. Uh, Susan and I are especially proud of his commitment to the community in both Anaheim and San Diego, which included countless charitable initiatives. We know Dallas will succeed in his future endeavors and or as character people often do. Um, Pat Verbeek was also quoted as saying, uh, this was a very difficult decision. One that comes after careful and considerable deliberation. Um, side note, probably after what? 10 games this season. Probably. Yeah. Uh, Continued here, uh, at the end of the day, I simply feel that a fresh perspective and new voice will be beneficial for the team. Dallas has handled himself with class and character through a difficult season, and we wish him the best in the future. And then uh, Dallas Higgins himself um, put out a statement on his Twitter account. Oh, excuse me. Saying, uh, I will be forever grateful for my eight years in the Ducks organization. From jumpstarting San Diego to dealing with COVID to a full-on rebuild was an, an inspiring and rewarding challenge. Every staff member and player made me a, a better coach, but more importantly, a better person. The enthusiasm and patience of the fans will never be forgotten. Thank you to Bob Murray and Pat Verbeek for giving me a chance. I will always be in your debt. Thank you to Henry, Susan, and Jillian Samueli for the inspiration. Your leadership makes the Ducks organization an incredible place to work. You remind us all that community and others come first. But most of all, thank you to my three wonderful ladies at home with support, or who support me like no other. I look forward to the na- to, for our next great adventure. Hashtag go Ducks. Hashtag win today. Hashtag DFM. Which I don't know what that last one exactly is. DFM. Ducks fan money. Yeah, I don't know. He has DFM as a as a hashtag in his bio as well. I'm not sure what that means, actually. That might have to be some I take a look at. Yeah. If, and if anybody knows, please let us know as well. Yeah. Um, is there a, like, if you click on the hashtag, would it, does it, like, make it obvious? Or? Um, let's see here. Because I'm curious now. I want to know. Um, DFN. Uh, I'm not sure. I do kind of wonder if it's one of the charitable things that he did. Oh, could be. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not sure offhand. So if anybody has a clear answer, please let us know. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Enlighten us. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, no, I think really good statements like he, he obviously, I think, knew it was kind of coming and was um, yeah. w- was okay with it at the same time. And um, yeah, I mean, he, he has done a lot of good things for the organization in terms of like development in San Diego and even developing some guys at the NHL. We, we definitely questioned some of his de- decisions like with Segris and McTavish. Um, but, you know, in the end, like they did earn their spots. I think he did have a hand in making them better players at mm-hmm. the NHL level. Um, even guys like, say, Drysdale or some of our other young defensemen, I think he's he's done good with them at the NHL level. Um, it's, it's kind of really only been forwards at the NHL level that we've had the question marks. That, like, defensemen, yeah. he seems to be like, oh, yeah, just we'll, we'll pair, pair you with Fowler and just go out there and, you know, we'll give you 20 minutes right off the bat. And it's like, 
okay, sick. And yeah, you'll you're you're gonna learn kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. So um, so yeah. In those ways, I think that has been very beneficial for the the players that we have, um, and, and have brought in the the young ones at least over the last few years. So yeah, can't, can't I, argue with that. Yeah, and I do see him getting another AHL job if he wants oh, it. Oh yeah. Um, with the Gulls specifically, he had a one fifty four ninety five and twenty three record and three appearances in the color cup playoffs in four seasons there. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're looking at his overall time uh, in the AHL, uh, he was the coach of the Toronto Marlies from 20, uh, 2009 to 2013 um, as well there. Oh, excuse me. And uh, so he's had 584 AHL games coached uh, between San Diego oh, wow. and Toronto, uh, having a record of 311. 209 and 64 with five appearances in the playoffs. Um, San Diego advanced in 2019 to the Western Conference Finals and the 2011 2012 Marlies, he took them to uh, the Calder Cup Finals in 2012. So, okay. this is a guy yeah. that can definitely do it in the AHL. And yeah, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he got another coaching position uh, in that league. So, yeah, no, for sure. I would have to agree with you there. So, yeah. Um, we uh, we actually did have um, we, we we as we've said here um, sometimes jokingly sometimes not we we do actually you know know Dallas Eakins we we get to talk to him um, from occasion so we do have an exclusive <laughs> soundbite here that uh, oh no fr- what from him. so here, here just have a listen here. <laughs> oh my god. I haven't heard that in forever. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Obviously, That's good. Obviously, for those listening, not exclusive audio for, <laughs> from Dallas Eakins. <laughs> God, that took me back for a second mm-hmm. there. Holy shit. Yeah. I don't know why, but I, I just thought of it this afternoon. And then I was yeah. like, huh, this would work for, for Dallas Eakins, I think. Yeah. Damn, that was good. Yeah. And, and I guess for those that don't know, because I think it's just a Canadian thing um, on on CBC. Uh, like just for laughs? Yeah. Well, it is like an international comedy festival, but it's based out of Montreal. So yeah, but yeah, yeah, they might just only they might only televise it in Canada. But, Maybe yeah. yeah, but yeah, there's like a comedy, like a stand up comedy show called Just for Laughs that aired on CBC, which is like the Canadian broadcast channel or something or corporation yeah. their channel anyways where they show all like the public stuff and they also had like a just for laughs gags which was like uh, like a prank show but like mm-hmm. there was it was like hidden cameras but not hidden microphones so like they always just had like music going over it and it was just like dumb shit that like i, I don't even know how to describe it but you know it wasn't you, like that like making people look bad or anything like that like you see on tiktok now or that sort of thing yeah um, it was more jokes that you know like once it, it kind of just confused people more than anything like the the person that was being pranked, so it wasn't anything yeah. malicious or anything like that. So there, there, like there were some good ones on there. Yeah, there, so, yeah. Like I, I don't know why, but like one com- that comes to mind is like there would be a like a, a mom or, or like someone playing like acting as a mom, being like, "Hey, I just gotta like you know run and do this thing. Like, can you watch my baby in the stroller?" And the person would be like, "Okay, yeah, sure." And then like the um, 
there there would be like an RC play like an RC like a stroller RC car um and then it would they would someone would like drive it away like the down away, the yeah. sidewalk yeah and uh and then they had like baby noises coming from obviously there wasn't a real baby in there um, <laughs> and then people would be like losing their mind and then the person would like come back and be like where's the stroller they'd be like it just like ran away and then yeah, yeah it was and then somebody would come out like oh hey it was like, like no no we're, we're camera, just messing yeah. with you yeah so, you're all good <laughs> yeah so there was yeah, one I, yeah there was one i remember dog. that was like hey can you like watch my dog or something like that and then they had a speaker by the dog that would just like give raunchy fart noises yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, like, like the when, person yeah. would come back and kind of like oh my god like it's like is that, that that you or something yeah like that? yeah <laughs> yeah so like just to mess with them put them make them a little uncomfortable and then be like yeah, yeah. Just mess with you. We're, we're all good <laughs> so oh. but yeah that, that was from like the ending of that show that's where that sound bite yeah. came from yeah <laughs> anyways moving on to uh just i guess a little bit more news on the head coaching front this was from elliot friedman on 32 thoughts um just kind of speculating on potential moves for the uh the organization in terms of coaching moving forwards um the uh so elliot friedman said uh matt McIlvain uh was a potential candidate candidate for a coaching job specifically starting with the san diego gulls and then um in a few years potentially moving up to be with the big club um for those that have never heard the name before like me until literally like a day ago uh matt McIlvain is a uh, he's born in the u.s but he is coaching over in austria uh he's been the head coach of ec salzburg uh, for the last four years. Uh, before that, an assistant coach with ECH um, München uh, of the DEL, the German League. Um, and then he's also coached uh, or been an assistant with the um, with Team Germany in 2021 for the World Championship. So he, he's an overseas guy, he, he's, but he's young at 37 years old, um, relatively for a coach anyways. And um, not that 37 is old, like if you're just like not a coach yeah. either, but def- definitely young for a coach uh, in the NHL, but you know, obviously very young anyways. So um, that, that name was just kind of thrown out. I thought it was interesting, um, especially for like a goals coach. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but obviously, you know, we've talked about Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux for the head coach. So Yeah. So, and speaking of the goals as well, you know, taking that uh, vacancy, uh, there is a vacancy now. Um because uh, the Gulls head coach, uh, Roy Summer, uh, has announced his retirement. Uh, he did that just before the last game against the Colorado Eagles on Saturday. Um, so that's why there's a, a vacancy there. So, so uh, mm-hmm. no AHL, go, uh, AHL coach got fired, um, just yeah. to clarify that. so But mm-hmm. uh, as well for Summer, we wish him the best as well. And uh, and I guess to wrap it up as well, like for, for Eagles as well, like we, wish, mm-hmm. we wish both these guys the best. And... Um, Summer, I guess, enjoy retirement, and Egan's will find uh, find find a new job soon. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess. Uh, yeah, looking at the time, uh, let's take a quick break now before getting into. Uh, oh shoot, I missed the <laughs> I missed one thing with this. Uh, oh, okay, the coaching thing um, as well. Like he didn't technically get fired per se. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, he, uh, it, you know, it was announced like very quickly, like the next day after 
the uh, the loss to LA here. Um, so, I mean, presumably he kind of found out like, you know, at the end of that game, if not yeah. before, maybe, <laughs> um, that uh, that he was getting let go. But, you know, just getting rid of him right off the bat. Um, as soon as the, the season is over, uh, for Pat Verbeek, that is a big energy move. And not leaving Ducks fans to, like, squirm of, like, is he coming back again? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Is this, not, is this gonna go not the way we think? So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just just ripping the bandaid off. So yeah, okay. There we go. Now now we can move on. Take a break with our friends over at DraftKings promo code THPN, and we'll see you guys in just a couple minutes to uh, just recap the season. It's NBA playoff time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with a touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pre-game Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. So, what are you waiting for? Download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pre-game Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Again, that's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. All right. So, yeah, we're going to go through the Ducks season recap, and then we'll kind of go through, um, I guess, full NHL season recap, revisiting our way-too-early season predictions for uh when we predicted the divisions. Um, but yeah, we're going to start with the Ducks, and we'll uh, go through, I guess, first off, goals, assists, and points for yeah. the roster. Well, want to do just top three guys? Um, or do you want to go top five? Uh, I, I think for these stats, we could go top five. Okay. Just to, just to kind of see. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I, I realized, too, we didn't actually do our three-quarter season mark, like after like the 60-ish game mark, because we did one at 20, one at 41. Yeah. Halfway. And then I think there was at least we were, I was planning on yeah. squeezing again for 60, and then we just like missed it. So, yeah. So here we are. Uh, okay. Top five for uh, Ducks goal scorers. Uh, Mason McTavish at number five with uh, 17 goals. Uh, Adam Henrique and uh, Frank Vetrano actually both tied for third uh, spot at 22 apiece. Um, Troy Terry at 23 goals and tied with him actually for first place is also Trevor Zegras at 23 goals. So the scoring did get spread out a little bit more again, but when you take into consideration as well, Terry missed 12 games of the season. Uh, Henrique missed 20 of those. Um, 
it does make a bit more sense. And I feel like those guys would have been higher on the list, right? And kind of in like the guys, um, if they uh they hadn't been uh hurt or that kind of thing. Um, whatever caused them to miss games, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, but uh, you know, to see the the steps as well for uh for Zegris for McTavish as well seventeen goals is nothing to scoff at oh yeah uh, in your first full first season year, like hell yeah your player um yeah so is all looking good and uh you know those guys especially will just continue to uh to improve next season I think so mm -hmm. yeah no for sure and obviously like injuries are bound to happen just because you brought up Terry and Henry uh there but um you know having the the depth on the team to like fill those holes um, is is a big part to like team success. So like, mm -hmm. it's not just like okay, we need these guys to be fully healthy, eighty two games out of the year for this team to be successful, and they need to put up consistently, or consistently put up goals and get like thirty or forty. Like it, once we have a little bit deeper of a team, then you know the pressure will be more so taken off of those guys. I think so. It's, yeah. Um, so. Kind of, kind of looking at that there, but yeah, no, like given how many games these guys had and um, the, just the team around them, like this, yeah, I, I mean, not just for goals, but assists and points too. Like it's, mm -hmm. they, they did pretty well, all things considered. So yeah, all right, uh, moving on to assists, there uh, tied for fourth spot is uh, Ryan Strom and Mason McTavish, both with twenty six assists. Uh, Cam Fowler and Troy Terry tied for second at thirty eight. So you can okay. see there's the the bit of the leap there. Mm. And I do like that we have a defenseman in there as well with Fowler. Yeah, so. that's true. And, uh, and then Trevor Zegers leading the pack uh, at uh, 42 assists on the season there. Um, and then moving on to points, because, you know, we kind of got the totals now. Mm -hmm. uh, got one, two, three, four, five. Okay, so we have a, we have a two-way tie for fifth spot at... Uh, the newcomers, Frank Vitrano and Ryan Strom, both nice. at 41 points on the season. Uh, Mason McTavish in fourth spot at 43 points. Pretty damn good for your uh, your first full season in the NHL. I'd say so. Um, and uh, yeah, and then uh, third spot, you got Cam Fowler at 48 points over 82 games. Uh, a full season for Fowler as well, which was very beneficial on the back end. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. considering the amount of time that he played was just ridiculous overall. Um, Troy Terry in second spot on points with 61, and again, 61 in 70 games, right? Like if he was mm -hmm. able to play a full season, would be even higher. Uh, and then leading the pack is uh, our, our good boy, uh, Mr. Trevor Zegers at 65 points over 81 games there. So was oh, it, yeah. it was, I... I in terms of points, like, yeah, you, you want more, but, you know, considering the guys that are in there, right, you got two new faces. Mm -hmm. um, you got a brand new rookie. You got another guy that's still coming into his own in Zegris, right? And yeah. uh, Terry missed time. Fowler set a new uh, career high for points as well, mm -hmm. I think, with 48 there. Um, overall, I think in terms of the point production, I'm actually not that upset about it. To no, be definitely not. Like, considering yeah. what this team was this year. Yeah, and like we've said, like offense hasn't been the issue. It's been keeping the puck out of your net generally. And and even just not playing in your own zone yeah. for however long they've been doing it. Like when we had zone time and we had offensive pressure, we could score. That wasn't the problem. It was getting into the zone, sustaining yep. pressure uh that was 
the issue as opposed to keeping it out of your zone. So um, I, I do as well just want to say about uh, Cam Fowler. Um, yeah, 48 points. And, and some people might say, oh, yeah, but he played on the power play because John Klingberg, you know, sucked ass for us there. Um, but he wasn't normally a power play guy before that. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, like he, he also didn't really have a ton of his points on the power play. Like he only had 14 on the power play, four goals and 10 assists. Because remember, our power play was dog shit this yeah. year. Like he, at even strength, he had six goals and 28 assists. So 32, no, sorry, 34 of his 48 points. Mm-hmm. So at, at five on five, or I guess technically four on four. So, um, so yeah, like he, he still put up like really, really good numbers at even strength as a top pairing defenseman where he had to play tough minutes against tough competition with not a lot of help. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that, that that 48 is going to be looked at like by a lot of people, especially outside of the Ducks organization. Not that they're really going to be caring about Cam Fowler and his points, I guess. But I, I just think that 48 doesn't like speak to the kind of season that Cam Fowler actually had for this team. Mm-hmm. Like it's given all of like the whole situation and everything and like quality of competition, the, the, the non-existence of John Klingberg, it, both at even strength and on the power play, like, and Cam Fowler just having to step up and basically kind of do it all. He's, he's had a really solid, solid season. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with everything that you just said there. So, yeah. Um, all right. Do we want to take a look at penalty minutes? We want to look <laughs> at that fun stat. Yeah. Uh, Normally, it's not one that, you know, you can really care about because it's like, okay, yeah, you know, Nick Delorier, Sam Carrick, they're going to have a lot because they fought a lot. But this season in particular, I think it, it deserves a little bit of a, a conversation. Yeah. All right. So fifth in penalty minutes on the team. And so when we're saying uh, like fifth to first, so first is the most penalty minutes. Yeah. Um, just to clarify that before we get into this. So Max Comtois with 76 minutes on the season. Um, there was there was at least one misconduct in there. He started throwing the fists around a little bit at one point in the season there as well mm-hmm. when uh, when Carrick was out um, and uh, oh I'm trying to remember like when it was. Is that like yeah. December area? I think that sounds um, about right. Yeah, but and then uh, Max Jones there uh, has one more minute at 77. Uh, Ryan Strom is two ahead there at 79 for third spot. And then, really, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess he did take a lot of penalties now that you think about it. Like, not just like, like, like you know, your normal penalties, like tripping, hooking, slashing, just because yeah. I think he's a very aggressive player. I think that's yeah. kind of how he, how he plays, but he did have a couple scuffles and misconducts in there yeah. as well. So, uh, Sam Carrick second in the team, uh, back to back years as well, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, with 86 penalty minutes, which again that makes sense, you know, when he's the guy that's yeah. the the guy to throw punches and whatnot, and mm-hmm. especially um, late in the game, as even though you don't like it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then leading the pack is our good boy Trevor Zegers with 88 penalty minutes on the season. That is too much that is something you need to bring down and he knows it right we've already talked about that before and yeah but um i mean he did i think get a couple added on as well in that last game against the kings 
right? Where mm-hmm. he gets shoved into, or uh, the, he's attempted to be shoved into an open door by uh, Delorier. Or no, sorry, not Delorier. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, why am I? Um, Phil Deneau, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the third period there, and at the end of it, uh, Zegris is the one who gets uh, two in a misconduct. Yeah, um, out of that whole thing, uh, which just baffles me. Um, again, I can't wait to see how much the rest fuck it up in this in these playoffs here. Oh, it's gonna be. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, Zegris was just taking so many penalties this year for stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it felt like. Um, like, I guess when I say stupid shit, it's like the avoidable stuff, yeah. right? Like a trip or like a hold or that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. um, like, I, if any non, he also had some unsportsmanlike are, conduct penalties as yeah. well. Like he had, he had too many of those. Yeah. Um, and you know, you're gonna have if there's any non Ducks fans listening to this, they're gonna go like kind of roll their eyes of like, oh no, he's totally being biased here, right? But like. Mm-hmm. Zegris isn't a dirty player, I would say. Just did so, like he just did a lot that resulted in penalties, if that makes yeah. sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like like those trips and that sort of thing, right? He's not, yeah. you know, getting a shit ton of roughings for, you know, sucker punching guys and stuff like that, and yeah, whatever fights or anything like that, right? He's not slew footing mm-hmm. anybody. It's just he's just piling on the the things that you can you you can work on alleviating from yourself. Yeah. So, yeah, like we've talked about it. He toes the line. I don't want to say well, but like he, he definitely toes the line, right? Of like what you can and can't do and what's going to get you a penalty and what's not. And I think yeah. this season was, was really just a big part of him figuring out, okay, this is what I can't do. Yeah. And <laughs> right. Like I think now he kind of knows like, okay, I definitely can't do this stuff. I would be curious to actually go back and look at Brad Marchand's penalty minute history and see if he had like a similar, like huge spike in penalty minutes in like his second or third year or something. Like yeah. That. Or, or I guess even to bring it back to the ducks of Corey Perry. Yeah, exactly. That too. Right. Um, just to see like, okay, like, yeah, I'm coming into the league. I'm not just going to come and start like, you know, stir in the pot, like, oh, I'm the shit, like, nobody can penalize me kind of thing. But, you know, after, you know, playing 100 or so games, they, like, start to feel like they can get away with a little bit more, but they, maybe sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And then eventually the refs, you know, I don't want to say catch on, or they like, they just, they, they push it too far across the line, maybe. So, I don't know, I, I think maybe that's what happened with Zegris, is he just went too far and now he's slowly trying to bring it back but because he kind of has that reputation of going too far now he's getting penalized for things that maybe other people wouldn't by the refs so I don't know that's kind of what I see and then I think next season we might see it hopefully hopefully it comes back down so you actually weren't far off now that I'm taking a look at it so let's go through so Zegris's first uh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to go season by season. We're going to go through the first three years of Trevor Zegers and Brad Marchand. Okay. All right. So the first season for Trevor Zegers plays, or the first season that's listed, he plays 24 games. Yeah. Uh, picks up 13 points and has 12 penalty minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brad Marchand uh, plays 20 games for the Boston Bruins in 2009-2010. Picks up mm-hmm. one point with 20 penalty minutes. Okay. So but the penalty still, minutes so- are a little bit higher, and the and the point difference is kind of what's yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, then we head into year number two, the first 
uh, attempt at a full season, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. Uh, Zegers plays 75 games, picks up 61 points and 50 penalty minutes. Brad Marchant plays in 77 games, picks up 41 points and 51 penalty minutes. Okay. And then Trevor Zegers this year, 81 games played, 65 points and 88 penalty minutes. Mm-hmm. Brad Marchant, 76 games, 55 points and 87 penalty minutes. Oh damn! <laughs> I swear I did not like do this comparison <laughs> beforehand. I was like, I, I, I was kind of looking at it. I'm like, holy yeah. shit! Um, were the were following... they in the same age in those um, years as well? Like this, like um, that would have been. That Zegers' I'm... is nineteen twenty twenty one. I'm seasons? not sure about that offhand. Okay. Um, um, and then oh, I thought you know. Okay, you know, the trajectory is kind of similar. We can take a look at Marshan's next season. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't quite work um, unless we were to adjust the stats because that was the shortened 2012-2013 uh, season. Um, okay. Where Marshan played in 45 games, uh, picked up 36 points in 27 penalty minutes. So that's a little okay, bit... So it did drop off quite a bit, right? So Yeah, like his but, penalty minutes, but again, yeah, yeah he's, he's playing a lot less games. Uh if we mm-hmm. skip ahead, though, to the next full season, 13-14, uh, um, Marchand plays in 82 games, picks up 53 points and 64 penalty minutes. So it does reduce, mind you, though, 14-15, 15-16. He's in the 90s for penalty minutes. <laughs> yeah. But, but And then it's kind of up and down uh, a little bit throughout his career. So Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. So. Uh, okay, so yeah, so Zegers like kind of just turned twenty-two, so we'll we'll call these his nineteen, twenty, and twenty-one-year-old seasons, um, which you know I, I remember being that age. So you know, makes sense that it wasn't too long ago for us, I guess. No, really, really <laughs> but, not, but, but long enough. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Marchand has a May birthday, so a couple months later than. Seagrass, but fairly comparable. So, uh, born in 88. So he would have been 18 in 2006. And then his first, right? That math checks out. Yes. Okay. And that was also his draft year. Yep. Could could have just done that. Good job. (laughs) Uh, And then, yeah, his first full season was 09, 10. So yeah, he would have been older than, like he would have been 22, no, 20. 21 is that how that would work yeah 21 uh, yeah. yeah so yeah. yeah a few a few years later but still yeah i i would definitely prefer uh zegris go the marchand direction uh compared to um the uh the cory perry way is, is that just like a straight <laughs> line uh well here i'll look at the first five seasons of cory perry okay uh, 56 games, 50 penalty minutes. Okay. And what uh, season was that? Sorry. 2005, 2006. Okay. So that would have been his, uh, his drafted 2003. So, um, his 21 year old. No. Yeah. 20 year old season. 20. Yeah. So, and you also have to remember too, that the 2004, 2005 season was, was a lockout. Yeah. Lock- yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then, his second year plays in all 82 games, picks up 55 penalty minutes. His third season plays in 70 games, picks up 108 minutes. Oh. His fourth season, 78 games, 109 minutes. <laughs> and 
fifth season, 82 games, 111 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'd be okay a bit more with the Martian where we're kind of going in and out a little bit after that yeah. kind of 80. That's kind of their your, your top end kind of yeah. thing. 80. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, Perry would go on to have uh, five straight seasons of over 100 penalty oh, yeah. minutes. Uh, the highest being 127, which is also his career high uh, in the 2011-2012 season in 80 games. Yeah, same thing though, like as with Marshand, the 12-13 shortened season where he only played 44 games, he still had 72 penalty minutes. Yeah, he went off that year. <laughs> so like you, you, you scale that up to an 80-game season, like you're looking at like 130, almost 140 in penalty minutes. So, um, And then it, it definitely does drop off after that. So yeah, he's, he's figured it out. Um, and then I guess what else for player stats? I guess we're looking at goalie stats now. Take uh, a look yeah, at our, I suppose. Take a look at our attendees. Uh, Which we had three guys play for us. Just Gibson, Stellars, and Dostal. I don't think Eric. Uh, got a couple Eric games. Erickson got a game, yeah. One game? Okay. Um, Just trying to... Oh, they're there. Uh, it does only show, I guess, for... Solaris, Dostal, and Gibson. So we'll just we'll we'll go with that. Yeah, sure, that's fine. Um, yeah. So for uh, goals against average, um, John Gibson, unfortunately, with the worst goals against average on the team at a three point nine nine, followed by Lucas Dostal at three point seven eight, and Anthony Stolarz at a three point seven three. Uh, Dostal and Stolarz both playing nineteen games apiece for the Anaheim Ducks. Um, Dostal starting 17 of his 19, uh, Stellar starting 12 of his 19. And that was like the start of the season, especially mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, we'll throw Gibson in for the first two periods and then Stellar's can get put in. Yeah. Um, and uh, and Gibson playing, yeah, 53 games and starting 52 of those. Mm-hmm. So uh, if we look at save percentage, uh, John Gibson uh, tied for worst in this case with Anthony Stellar's at an 899. Like just, just the one more point to be in the nine hundred. Yeah, so close. We'll uh, round up. We'll round up. <laughs> yeah, and then Lucas Dostal, uh, just holding on to the save percentage lead at a nine oh one. So I, I feel like when you're looking at the save percentage there, especially right and how it's like so even across the board, and the goals against average, you can yeah. tell that it's the team in front of them, right? Because oh, they're all yeah, quality sure. goaltenders. Yeah. So. And they're all like in the kind of the same realm as well, right? Yeah. So, um, or like John Gibson. Yeah, John Gibson with the only shutout of the Ducks season, uh, mm-hmm. just the one there. Um, and then minutes overall, uh, Stellars played 821 minutes. Uh, Dostal finishing with 1,063 under his belt this season. Oh, wow. That's and uh, John Gibson with 3,005 minutes played Oof. this season for the Anaheim Ducks. So, wow. Um I I did pull up Ericsson X numbers as well. Um okay. he, he just as you said just in the one game, one start there which was a uh, overtime loss and it was uh, the one against Arizona, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, right cuz I didn't yeah, cuz we we didn't do the Sunday episode because of Easter and that was where we predicted you have Ericsson X play him against right. Arizona. Dostal against Colorado to see what you got there. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yep. Man, we were um, nailing the projections for back to backs, eh? We were. Yeah, we were doing pretty <laughs> good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in that one game, uh 
an 872 save percentage and a 4.69 nice uh goals against average in uh yeah like 64 minutes played there because it went to overtime so um so i mean yeah one game right but not great numbers especially against arizona what are you gonna do though yeah exactly um erickson eck as well um is an rfa this offseason and is our arbitration eligible so that'll be something to keep an eye on just for the minors mm-hmm. um and uh but then just while we're talking about the minors really quickly, uh, Kelly Klang and Gage Alexander both have two more years on their deals. So okay. at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe the Ducks moved on from Erickson Eck. Um, yeah. And uh, just ran with those two for uh, for next year. Man, yeah, you look at the goaltending depth that this team has, and you know, yeah. if, they, if they pan out, yeah. you can definitely make some trades for oh yeah, uh, you know, for some for some other players coming back kind of thing. But otherwise. Dostal, Clang, and Alexander potentially fighting for spots in a couple of years. Like that's that's good. not a bad position to be in, honestly. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, it's nice to have that, but like, you don't you you don't want guys that should be playing in the NHL um, to be playing at the AHL level, really. So like, you could definitely trade one of those guys. I think you yeah. definitely you know hold on to a spare in the AHL that you can call up for. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, to cover like injuries and stuff like that, but yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. it's good. It's it's good for the future for sure. So yeah, it'll be interesting to look at. So yeah. Um. All right, and then I guess we can look at uh, compared to the rest of the league, the power play and uh, penalty kill. Um. Let's just say that they're 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 not great. Uh, Anaheim's power play was good for thirty first in the league. Hey, not last. 15.7, beating the Philadelphia Flyers power play by 0.1 at (laughs) 15.6. Snuck in there, hey. And then... uh, God, that really puts into perspective how bad that, what, 8.6 or 8.9 that we had? Yeah. uh, Was that last year? Uh, Yeah, it was, I think. Yeah, just puts into perspective how bad that was when, like, this year, a bad power play percentage is 15. Like, (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, for penalty kill, uh, also sitting 31st at uh, 72.1%, uh, just edging out the Vancouver Canucks at 71.6. So just 0.5% better. So Solid. solid. So, Again, not last. So. Rough, rough, rough season, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. so. Um, yeah. Well, just uh, one other thing, I guess, to wrap up the season recap back when we were talking about uh, Trevor Zegras, who obviously had a really great season. Um, but <laughs> I, I just think it's funny that he had 88 penalty minutes and six, only 65 points. Like when you're supposed to be the offense of this team yeah. and you have more penalty minutes than you do and lead the team in penalty minutes yep. then, and have more of that than you do points. I mean, he also led the team in points too, right? So like he's, he's leading on both fronts there too. But I can't help but think that... He he really took the the comments from last season against Arizona to heart um, yeah. when, when people are saying, "Oh, he's like skilling it up," and he's like, "Oh, okay, you want to see a little bit of fight? Like, okay, I'm gonna skill it up, but then I'm also gonna answer the bell and and cause some shit and um, <laughs> just like racked up the penalty minutes as well. Just <laughs> it, it just feels like a big slap in the face to uh, those those Tortorella right who said 
I don't know if he said skilling it up necessarily, but no, no, no. Uh, Tortorella was after the um, the dish again. Oh uh, right, that. Um, uh, it, was, it was the I, Arizona. I, I, it was, it was the Arizona right? color commentator, and you know what? He, he he really doesn't even matter that much because I can't fucking remember his name still. Yeah, I don't know, but either way, you know what, what Trevor Zegers did? Like, okay, I'm just gonna throw penalty minutes around and points. That's yeah. a big energy move. Damn right. Good, good stuff. So, little, like, like you said, a little Corey Perry-esque in there. Yeah. So. Um, all right. Do we, do we want to actually maybe switch it up a little bit? We want to give the last Gulls update and then do our way to early yeah. predictions? Yeah, that makes That's sense. Yeah. That way. Okay. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. All right. I'll run through the Gulls update here quickly. So, sure. Wait. Uh, the la- God, that is long. Um, <laughs> that's what she said. Uh, so the last two games for the San Diego Gulls were very similar to the Anaheim Ducks in the sense that they lost them. <laughs> and end. End Gulls update. <laughs> uh, both games actually happen to be 3-1 losses to the Colorado Eagles. The San Diego Gulls finish like their Anaheim Ducks counterparts. Actually, I should double check that before I state that for sure. Uh, yes, like their Anaheim Ducks counterparts, uh, 32nd, you know, 32 team league, finishing with a 20 49 2 and 1 record. So, overtime losses, shootout losses. So, mm-hmm. we're making it like the NHL, uh, 20 49 and 3 record. Um, mm-hmm. good for 43 points on the season. E. Uh, nice. your top five point producers, uh, at fifth spot, Glenn Godden, uh, 33 points in 57 games. Uh, Nicholas Brouillard, 39 points in 72 games. Bo Grew, uh, with 39 points in 63 games. Uh, defenseman Michael Delzato, uh, putting up 41 points in 65 games. 31 of those 41 points coming uh, with San Diego over 40 games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, just a little shy of a point-per-game pace for a defenseman. Damn, yeah. I like that. Yeah, right. And uh, then rounding it out, Dylan Sakura with 44 points in 69 games. Nice. nice. Uh, 12 of those points coming in 17 games with the San Diego Gulls after the trade deadline. Uh, for goalies, um, we're going to run through the, the four main guys, I guess we'll call it. Um, yeah, not the ECHL call-ups that only played a little bit. Yeah. yeah uh, you could argue, I guess, Kelly Klang only played five games, but it was still notable enough, I would say. Yeah. I feel better about putting his numbers out into the universe. I mean, like, yeah. obviously, you can just go and look these stats up too, right? But, um, yeah. yeah. Feel a little bit better talking about these. And also, it's, like, more recent too. So Yeah. So I'm going to go from... Uh, you know, actually, okay, I'll, I'll go with Dostal because at this point he is the Ducks backup goaltender. So I'll start yeah. with him first and then we'll go from least amount of games to most amount of games. Sure. Yeah. So Lucas Dostal played 34 games for the San Diego Gulls this year, putting up a 297 goals against average and a 912 save percentage uh, with a 11 21 and 0 record, um, which is pretty damn impressive. Um, yeah, like, I mean, when you put up those kind of numbers, ideally the wins and losses are switched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you should be but able like to win more games. Like but I mean, like, earlier, though, like, that's the sign that that guy should not be in the AHL anymore. Right? Yeah, right. So, yeah. 
Um, okay, and then least to greatest amount of games played. Kelly Klang uh, played five games for the San Diego Gulls from uh, after being brought over from Europe. Uh, put up a six or a two point six five goals against average. Holy shit! Uh, and a nine oh four save percentage with a one three and record. Decent, decent. Uh, Gage Alexander played sixteen games. Uh, quite the jump there. Uh, putting up a three point five nine. Goals against average. I cannot read apparently today. <laughs> Numbers and, are hard. I get yeah, it. <laughs> and a 887 save percentage there with a 5-7-3 record. And then Oli Eriksson Ek uh, finished off the season with 20 games played, a 4.81 goals against, an 852 save percentage. Good for a 2-14-0 record in the <laughs> AHL this season. Yeah. So. yeah, not not looking good there. Just across the board. For yeah. Ericsson Eck, like but same thing too, right? Like not everyone's going to be a Lucas Lestal down there. Yeah. So like like, like keeping Lestal's your team in like, games that you have no business being kept Lestal's in. The yeah. outlier kind of thing. Yeah, like, oh for Ericsson sure. Yeah. Numbers are what you would expect for how the Gulls did this year as well. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you put him on an average team and he probably has average numbers, right? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, all right then. I guess we can get into our Way too early season predictions to finish nice. off the regular season. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so we, well, you slash we kind of came up with like a like a little scoring system here, just just for points um, in terms of predicting the playoff teams. Um, so so and, and so when we say playoff teams, we decided we were just going to go for the guarantees. So like the top three in each division. So wild yeah. cards don't count and. Yeah, uh, and that sort of thing. So, because yeah. at the start of the season, you know, you because you could have two teams from one division, you know, take both yeah. wild card spots. So, mm-hmm. every team gets three teams in there. So that's what we're going with. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. It, it so. was a point if you got the team in that top three, and then another point if their placement in that top three was correct. So each mm-hmm. division has six points available for grabs. Yeah. So. Um, and then we will still talk about like the bottom parts of the standings as well because there's some interesting ones yeah. in there. Um, but just in terms of like actually scoring it, it's more about like, okay, who's making the playoffs, who's not? Because that, that's really kind of the point of this. It's like, okay, let's say who's in it, who's going to be close, who's out of it already, and we haven't even dropped the puck for the first game. That's yeah. So we're, we're so, kind of scoring the playoffs there. Yeah. So what we'll do for this, because I do have our graphics from the start of the season as well. Um, we'll go division by division, but we'll go like person by person. So we'll do all of your picks first, and okay. then we'll do all of mine and give like what the final scores were at the end of it. Sure, sounds good. Okay, so, so we'll so start starting with, with me. We'll start with you because that's okay. Who I got here? Um, so what di- what division do you want to start with? Do you want to start out east? Start with the Atlantic? Uh, yeah, I think that's how we did it when we like initially talked about it as we yeah. went Atlantic Metro Central Pacific. So yeah, we'll, we'll start there. Well, and we'll start it off hot as well, because uh, <laughs> I think, I think you have some explaining to do here. Um, uh, yeah. That the Boston Bruins. I see in seventh in the uh, Atlantic. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that McAvoy and Marchand were going to be out for a very, very long time. And, Obviously, nobody knew how good Allmark was going to be. And they had just let go of Bruce Cassidy, who had been there for a long time. And then, oh, wow, let's bring back the aging corpse of David (laughs) Krejci from the Czech 
from from Europe, from Czechia, and apparently he's still got it. And like, yeah. So I just thought with all of those combinations of, of factors and with just how good the other teams in the East got, I was like, there's no way that the old, you know, like 40-year-old, like average age 40-year-old Boston Bruins were going to compete against the young, fast teams in the NA, in the Atlantic Division. So that, that's what I was thinking. And it was totally reasonable to say that like six yeah. months ago. But <laughs> it's not reasonable to say that now. And you, you just look like a moron. So uh, yeah, with, with the Bruins fi- finishing, you know, first in the division and first in the league at that. Uh, yeah, I, I think I owe the Boston Bruins uh, an apology <laughs> for that one. Because yeah, not, not even close. They were, they, they just went full steam ahead all season long. Didn't even matter that, uh, that, that Marchand and McAvoy were out. Like they were still winning games when those guys weren't even in the lineup. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so there... as, as well, sorry, just to wrap yeah. up this part, uh, we do have the third and final BDE of this episode um, for that <laughs> goes to the Boston Bruins for when <laughs> not just myself either, but lots of people are saying, "Oh, the Bruins will miss the playoffs," and then they go on to not only just win the President's Trophy but set an NHL record for wins. Like, and and points in a season as well. And, actually. and points. Yeah. Like, come on, that that deserves this at minimum. A big energy move. Absolutely, like, absolutely. Yeah. Just nuts. Just absolutely insane. So, um, okay. Are there any of the other non-playoff teams that you want to talk about quick before we do the playoff top three playoffs? Um, uh, I do actually have to just pull up the actual <laughs> standings just to to see. Comparison wise, because I only want to talk about the things that I got right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I did have not Arizona, sorry, uh, Ottawa in fifth or sorry, fourth in the division. They finished sixth. um, And then I had Buffalo, I had Buffalo at sixth um, and they finished fifth. So, um, yeah, yeah, I I guess those are out of the playoffs too. uh, Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Which, which hurts for them, but yeah. um, yeah, no, I, I did think Ottawa would be better. In fairness, they lost Josh Norris pretty early on. They had goaltending injuries like yeah. throughout the season. So, you know, they probably would have finished in that. Or I won't want to say probably, but they would have been closer to that fourth spot, I think, had those things not happened. Um, so, you know, they, they, they did better than people expect. But yeah. And then Canadians at the bottom, obviously. But yeah, other than that, that one, right? yeah. Yeah. So the actual standings for the top three, uh, first to third, Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. You had Tampa, Toronto, Florida. So you got Toronto right. Yeah, in, in, in the of, right spot. Yeah, in, in the right spot as well. And uh, you had Tampa in the in the top three at least. So that gives you three points in the uh, Atlantic division out of six. So do I, do I get a bonus point for having Florida in the top three and they, they still made the playoffs even though it was wild card? Nope. Fuck that. <laughs> okay. I make the rules. <laughs> I, I, I get a, I'll give myself a gold star afterwards. <laughs> there you go. All right. We'll move on to the Metro division where you yeah. also picked up three points out of six there. Nice. Um, with uh, the actual top three being, Carolina, New Jersey, and the New York Rangers, where you had Carolina, the New York Rangers, and the Washington Capitals. Ooh, that one sings a little bit. Um, And uh, you also had the Philadelphia Flyers and uh, Columbus Blue Jackets in the bottom two spots, which that is where they place, just flipped from what you were thinking. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. 
Yeah. What, I, uh, what do you guys say for the Metro here? Um, I will say that even though I had the Devils in the fifth spot, I did. I I put a little asterisk beside them to mark. I think these will be this will be a playoff team still. Um, I and I think the only reason I didn't have them higher was because I couldn't just justify putting them a, ahead of the Caps and the Penguins because they've been locks for the playoffs for my entire lifetime. <laughs> so yeah, or, or well. basically my, my entire time watching hockey anyways. Yeah. So the Penguins Penguins missing the playoffs for the first time in 16 years. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I feel like listening or not listening, but thinking back on this, I think in a very, very early draft of these way too early season predictions, I had the devils in third. And then I was like, but come on, it's the Capitals and the Penguins. Like it's Ovechkin, it's Crosby, yeah. Malkin, Latang, Kemper, who just won a Stanley Cup, is now in Washington. Like that's that's what they need. So, you know, I I think the Devils are good enough to make the playoffs, but I just can't put them ahead of these teams. So, um, so I will say I was on that bandwagon from the start of the season or before the season. But uh, yeah, they they definitely surprised a lot of people um, by getting that second spot. So, yeah, fair enough. So, uh, okay. Any other teams you want to talk about or move on? Uh, to the central no, I, I can move on. Yeah. Okay. All right. So for the central division, this was your best division. Uh, mm. we got four out of six here, actually. So nice. the actual standings, uh, first, a third Colorado, Dallas, and Minnesota. And you had Colorado, Nashville, Minnesota, uh, mm. Nashville just make it, missing the playoffs there by a few points as well. Mm. Um, yeah, so you got Colorado and Minnesota both in the top three and in their respectful spots uh, as well. Good for four out of six points. Um, and you also got the bottom two teams correct in Arizona and Chicago in their appropriate places as well. Yeah. Um, any other te- any teams that you specifically want to hit on here? Um, yeah, I had the Stars in a playoff position as well um, in just a wild card spot at number four in the division. They, they obviously exceeded expectations by getting... Uh, second in the division, 108 points. So, um, yeah, I, I forget why exactly I had the Preds so high. I forget what they did in the offseason that made me go like, oh, no, these these guys are the mm-hmm. team to watch. But, um, but yeah, obviously that <laughs> wasn't necessarily the case. So um, I, I had the Blues. Oh, no, I had the Blues fifth, and they finished sixth. So close. That was a lot closer than you, which we'll get to. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like the Central is kind of the easiest to predict for the most part of like who's going to make the playoffs or at least be in the conversation, who's definitely not. Um, I guess the Jets I was wrong about. I had them at sixth. But, mm-hmm. you know, they they just as easily could have fallen out of the playoffs too. So They almost did, yeah. Which yeah. Is <laughs> wild aspect to watch. So Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I don't think I need to toot my horn anymore on this division. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so moving on to the last division for Carter is the Pacific Division. Uh, the top three were Vegas, Edmonton, and Los Angeles. And Carter had Edmonton, Calgary, ooh, and uh, L.A. Uh, so Carter picking up three points there because he did have Edmonton and L.A. Uh, making it and L.A. in that third spot. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, looking back on this, we definitely had the Ducks both wrong. I think we both had oh, them yeah. in sixth. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, I mean, we were on the thought process of, like, same as Pat Verbeek, of thinking, you know, not playoffs, but improved. Uh, that wasn't the case. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, yeah, with, with Calgary, 
I I don't really know because like I, I wasn't super high on Calgary like to start the season like I never am but then I think I put them higher because I'm like okay well I'm probably just biased because I hate Calgary <laughs> so like you know realistically they probably are up there like yes they lost some big pieces but they also made some big moves in free agency so um, yeah I, I think that's kind of what I was thinking there but um, you know a lot more things went wrong than just like you know Huberto didn't live up to expectations like the, the goaltending wasn't all there either and, and I think that was really maybe what cost them more so than Huberto but I'll let you yeah. speak to that when your <laughs> predictions come up in a, in a few <laughs> minutes good. here so um, you know my Oilers bias maybe showing putting them first um, yeah I mean the Kings like they they kept the same roster pretty much and then just added a couple extra pieces so like I, I don't think it was unreasonable to keep them and or to put them third and I think that's where they were last season as well was, and two yeah, and two completely different goalies from the start of the season as well, hey? Yeah, that too. So that, that kind of saved their season in a way. Yeah. <laughs> Not in a way. No, it, it did save their season. It did, yeah. Phoenix Copley, really. And then also Corpus Allo eventually too. But yeah, and then, yeah, Vancouver. I mean, they. I had them in a playoff spot at, at in fourth. And I, I think, obviously things just didn't go the way they expected them to with Bruce Boudreaux there. Like the way they ended last season did not carry over to how they started this season um mm. and and then they just like never recovered so in a way similar to the ducks that you know you expected improvement but oh. then things just didn't go the way they they, they should have and so yeah I, I think that's that was it there yeah, yeah re- really this division was just so fucking wrong in, in many ways like 306 yeah. <laughs> points does not like accurately represent how closely i got on this division it just is for the playoff teams like i had the kraken mm. at seventh and they like made the the playoffs with um in, in fourth yeah. there with 100 points like who the who the hell saw that coming nobody um sharks was really the only team i was like kind of close for down there i had them at eighth and they finished two points ahead of anaheim so yeah like just just barely squeaked out of last so and and really that's just because of eric carlson which again nobody saw that coming right yeah definitely yeah nobody saw that coming so otherwise they they probably would have been lucky to have 30 points on the season like it was it was bad outside of eric carlson um so yeah no like i I was all over the place and um yeah i I don't want to say too much more because I, I know you were also kind of all over the place on this one, so you, we'll, we'll have some some teams to talk about. Or I'll, I'll leave you some teams to talk about when it comes to your predictions for the Pacific Division. So sounds good. All right, so yeah, I guess we'll move on to uh, to myself here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll start back again at the Atlantic Division. Uh, just recap for everybody: the top three: Boston, Toronto, and Tampa. I had Tampa, Toronto, and Ottawa. And I think, Carter, you alluded to it already. You know, Ottawa ran into goaltending issues. They lost Josh Norris early. And they, there's just a lot of hiccups that I think would have uh, otherwise helped this team. Um, yeah. Well, you look like, at the things, the moves that they did make that worked yeah. for them. Like Giroux, um, what's his nuts from Chicago, the, whose name I'm blanking on? Uh, Debrinkit. Thank you. Um Jake Sanderson, you know, as a as a draft pick, as a yeah. rookie coming in, Thomas Shabbat continuing to be a good defenseman, like all of those moves that we were like, oh man, this team's improved. Like all of those worked out. It yeah. was and just then even the and then even at the trade deadline with uh, Jacob Chikrin. 
Yeah, that too. Yeah. So, we played a grand total of what six games before getting into the game. Yeah. And he was looking good for those for those games. So yeah. Um, I too also owe the Boston Bruins an apology. However, I didn't think that they were gonna be seventh. Uh, I had them in fifth. Uh, and I think my idea was like just missing out on the playoffs. Same kind mm-hmm. of thing. I thought that, you know, the injuries were gonna be kind of they, they were really gonna hurt them at the start of the year. Um, but I figured like kind of once everybody was back and healthy, then that team would start to go, but it would be just too little too late kind of thing for uh, for them to make it. So that's why I had Boston fifth there. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so uh, I got Montreal and Detroit right in their spots at and, least. And Buffalo too. But, oh, no, sorry. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Uh, no, close Buffalo. to Buffalo. Yeah. Buffalo. Oh, close yeah. to Buffalo. So, but, and uh, Florida. Atl- Florida you had, sorry. Yes, I did get Florida, actually. You're right. Sweet. Uh, but we only care about the top three anyway. Um, and I only got Toronto right in terms of their uh, their placements. And Oh, I miscalculated that, actually. So I got Toronto right in terms of their placement and Tampa Bay in there. So I, too, got three points there. Nice. And I think I might have to recheck all of mine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. Um, all right, the Atlantic Division... Uh or oh That's sorry the metro. the metro metro division I have Metro Atlantic like as I have it written down here oh yeah um that's where I was getting messed up okay so Metro uh the actual was Carolina New Jersey and the Rangers and I had the Rangers Carolina and Pittsburgh so I got uh I guess no so I think just, I just got the two points there just the two yeah yes yeah. yeah two teams but in the wrong spots yeah yeah so uh yeah Carolina actually finishing first instead. Um, Rangers kind of had a couple hiccups here and there, but like it wasn't like a massive detriment, I don't think, to them. It was more just that Carolina and New Jersey just went off basically. Uh, yeah, the Rangers still teams, had 107 points. Like, yeah, those two teams only being, uh, like Carolina and New Jersey only being separated by one point there, uh, 113 and 112 respectively. Yeah. So, which is, um, just dumb. Yeah, and I had I, kind of learned from before, you know, maybe don't bet against Pittsburgh until they're out. Guess what, everybody? Pittsburgh Penguins, sixth next divi- next uh, next next year. Call them that right now. Yeah. Call them that right now. <laughs> I think it's hilarious that for the three years we've been podcasting, you've said every year, or like the three previous years. So. I still you said argue every the year, one Pittsburgh's I got out, right. Pittsburgh's out, Pittsburgh's out. I and still, then, no, I still no, no, argue no, that fuck the first it, no. <laughs> year I got that right. I still no. argue that because the play in is not the playoffs. Whatever. I'm not, the, I'm not bringing this up again. I'm not. I still but, argue I got that one right. But for the three years, you said Pittsburgh is going to fall off. And they, throughout the regular season, at least, they didn't. They were in. They were in a playoff spot throughout the regular season. Let's say that. And then the one year that you're like, okay, what, whatever. I'm not betting against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I'm never betting against Crosby, Malkin, Latang. <laughs> and then they miss out. Yeah. It's just, it's so funny how they just like give you a big middle finger every year, no matter which way you go. <laughs> yeah. I think it's more disappointing for Pittsburgh this year because uh, Malkin and Crosby both played the entire season, I believe. Yeah. Um, so this will be the first time that Malkin misses the playoffs. And uh, only the second time that Crosby does in the first year being his his rookie year that they missed. So yeah, um, yeah, no Pittsburgh and no Washington as well. No Alex Ovechkin in the playoffs. That's it's gonna feel really weird this year. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, for respect. sure. So, yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, outside of that, 
Yeah, you had a uh, you had same thing. Philly, Columbus, at the bottom two yeah. just swapped. New uh, Jersey, I felt like could have like did make big steps forward. I just thought that the Islanders, Caps, and Pittsburgh just would have been better. That's the only reason I had them like yeah. in sixth. Mm-hmm. So, so I thought like yeah. I, I I knew that they were going to be a good team. Just just thought the yeah. other ones were going to be better. I guess. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, so but. makes sense. Uh, all right, so the Central Division, just to recap again, the actual is Colorado, Dallas, and Minnesota, where I had Colorado, St. Louis, Minnesota. So I, too, get uh, four points in this part. I think we just need to cover a Central Division team. Maybe. Because apparently we know that better um, yeah. for, <laughs> for whatever reason. But, uh, yeah, St. Louis was a team that you know looked like they should still be going, but it just did not happen for them this year so Mm -hmm. and uh i thought dallas was going to take a lot harder of a fall than they did but uh um yeah no they they didn't really so they they and that was part of the whole that that was part of the whole john klingberg thing it's like okay john klingberg's a big loss and you know and he's going to improve anaheim yeah we were still hyped up on john klingberg (laughs) at the start of the year and like yeah like quarter of the way through and we were just like fuck can we get rid of this guy already (laughs) yeah So I also thought Winnipeg was going to take a step back, and uh, mind you, they did mm-hmm. like just make the playoffs. But um, honestly, I think they just kind of overperformed in the first half, and yeah, uh, like, and then too. just kind of held on. Like that's how it feels to me. Like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe like I, I haven't watched a ton of Jets yeah, games, but I think maybe road. Hellebuck just had a phenomenal season and was like, "We are making the playoffs." I've decided I don't care what you you fucks do out there. I'm just stopping pucks. <laughs> Winning us games, making us get into the playoffs. Yeah, Connor Hellebuck putting up a 249 goals against and a 920 save percentage uh, in 64 games this year. Oh, God. He's got to get Vesna votes. Obviously, he's not winning. He has to. But yeah. he, he better be second for Vesna voting. Like, that's, he, he's been nuts this year. Yeah. Um, and I, oh, there was one other team I wanted to talk about here. I don't remember. Oh, Chicago and Arizona, I got their placements right for the bottom two. Sweet. Yeah. Um, Colorado kind of terrified me for a little bit at the start of the season because, yes, they were hurt also, but, man, they were so far out mm-hmm. for a while. And then they did get the guys back. Uh, no Gabe Landeskog, though, for the playoffs, which that's going to be gonna... interesting to watch. Yeah, but, I mean, but, uh, they've been without him all season, so, like, I think they'll... Yeah. They'll it'll be a hit, but I think they'll be okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you take a look at their last 10, 8, 1, and 1 to finish off the season. So they're they're riding a pretty good high right now. Too. Yeah, so this is dumb. Uh, and then we go to the Pacific Division, the actual being Vegas, Edmonton, and Los Angeles. And I had a all-Canadian Pacific Division, not the fucking case, Calgary, Edmonton, and Vancouver. So I got two points for the Pacific Division because I got Edmonton right. Yep. in their placement and them making the playoffs, which that one felt like a no-brainer for them making the playoffs at least. Yeah. Um, it was just the the first spot was kind of the honestly, I was like I was tied between Calgary and Edmonton. I'm like, it could really go either way. Um because I thought that like realistically, like Calgary should have been better. Um, yeah. but you know, you talked about the goaltending. Yeah, it, it wasn't really there. Um, you talk about Jonathan Huberdeau. And I that the Huberto conversation leads me a bit more into a Daryl Sutter conversation. They're coaching, and mm-hmm. uh, similar to Anaheim, I had very I, I followed two very similar teams this year. I found in Anaheim and uh, in, in Calgary, in the sense of like you know both sides want 
pretty, like pretty well want the coach gone and that yeah. sort of thing. And guys just, you know, some guys did a lot better and, uh, you know, promising young AHL goaltenders and Dostal and Dustin Wolf, uh, who I did get to see on Wednesday as well. That's why I missed uh, the episode on Wednesday. Um, was it that last game of Calgary and San Jose? I won tickets, so I wasn't mm-hmm. gonna say no to to, to that. So, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, young, promising AHL goalie there. Uh, like I said, coaches <laughs> like fans wanting the coach gone, kind of thing, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But um, yeah, th- this Calgary team should have been a lot better. I think, I mean, and it'll be interesting to see what happens uh, coming into next season. So yeah, uh, led the league this year in overtime losses just one ahead of San Jose who had 16 so yeah Calgary with 17 I mean you yeah. it seems like kind of eight or nine is the kind of sweet spot for team like the like playoff teams in terms of overtime losses so you know you give the Flames an extra eight points they're at 101 up just one point ahead of Seattle um, but there was also yeah. a lot of one goal games that they lost in regulation too. So you could easily add more points yeah, so onto that. So with overtime and regulation, it was 30 one goal games that they lost. Yeah. Calgary, the only team to not make the playoffs, but have a positive goal differential at plus eight. So I think that really shows just how close a lot of these games were. Like when they won, they won. But when they yeah. lost, it was like this fucking close. It was, it was yeah. so close, right? So. Yeah, uh, Vancouver. I thought they were just going to ride that Bruce Boudreau high. Um, they evidently did not. And uh, for Vegas in particular, I had them just at fourth because I just wasn't sure about the goaltending going into this season. Yeah, with uh, with Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill. Uh, Aiden Hill, we've seen in the past, is not a starting guy. He's a backup kind of at best. And Logan Thompson was just a new goaltender on the on the scene. Right, we saw that you know he was looking really good at the end of last season, but. Um, you know, just wasn't sure if he'd be able to kind of sustain that uh, right away, at least as a, as a tandem, um, at least with uh, with Aiden Hill or that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Or Laurent Brassois, who, who was supposed to be that guy initially. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's why I had them like just at fourth there. I'm like, they could make the playoffs, but, you know, could also not kind of thing. Uh, I thought the Kings were going to take a bit of a step back, and it did look like that at first until goaltending change right of mm-hmm. uh of, of well, there especially yeah. so. well that was your thing i feel like was you're like i like we saw jonathan quick kind of drop off already like yes he returned to form in the playoffs but like are we going to get regular season jonathan quick yeah. again probably so you know let's yeah let's but cal peterson happens. expected to be a lot better and he was the first guy to go and got stuck in the ahl there so yeah that too so yeah yeah um phoenix cop like real honestly oh, like almost deserves like just a few MVP votes, I feel like, because yeah. like, the Kings would be nowhere without him. Without him. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, if you had told me at the start of the season that, one, the LA Kings would be running a tandem of uh, Copley and Corpusallo heading into uh, the playoffs, <laughs> yeah, right. uh, I'd, I'd go, you're fucking nuts. Um, and yeah. if you also told me that, my, uh, that one of my fantasy teams was going to be running a tandem of Copley and Corpusallo at the end of the season, I'd have gone, what the fuck? Absolutely not. I'm not that stupid. Yeah. Um, <laughs> did, I, did, did I forget to draft a goalie? What happened here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, so that uh, didn't. That, it was an interesting uh, area, at least for the LA Kings. So um, mm. yeah, Seattle both slapped us in the face uh, equally as hard. I would say uh, I had them in seventh, and yeah. uh, the Sharks in eighth there. So 
But uh, yeah, so I got two there. So which brings our final scores. Uh, I got 11 out of 24 possible points here. And Carter uh, winning our way too early season predictions with 13 out of 24, getting just over 50% there. So congrats, Carter. Thank you. Nice job. Nice I was going to applaud myself, and I was like, that seems weird. I'm not going to do that. But, but <laughs> Here, I'll, to, to, I'll, a good, to a good season, I'll this is for you. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? You got this win, and uh, I beat you in our uh, in our fantasy league. And mm, Yes, you which, did. Yeah. And, and just, to, just to ease you a little bit about Early that, round one uh, upset, yeah. Yeah, just to ease you about that as the sixth seed, making that, uh, making that into a, a bit of a series and mm-hmm. uh, taking you out. Know that your sacrifice was not in vain as I f- took the championship. Hell yeah. Nice. Happy's boys with the championship. Let's go. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> I, yeah, oh. I, I, I beat you out in one of the other fantasy leagues. So we'll call it, we'll call it even for, yeah, that's true uh, for this year. But yeah. So, but all right. So I yeah. think. That's everything I think, we I think we've covered everything. I think we made it through it all. Yeah. I was like, oh, I was still in the old outline. So I was like, oh, wait, we didn't talk about this <laughs> at all. <laughs> no. So it's from way back when. So yeah. 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 That's all good. So that is the regular season done. Um, I, I guess by the time you guys are listening to this, playoff hockey starts today. So yeah. That's, on Monday. Uh, yep. Yeah. And if you're listening to this after Monday, playoff hockey's already started, which is even more exciting. So yeah, that's good stuff. Uh yeah, so we I was we gonna are say, gonna be oh go ahead. Oh sorry, I was gonna say for Monday in particular, game one, uh, New York Carolina is that series. Florida Boston is that is that other one. Minnesota Dallas and L.A. Edmonton a rematch for that first round there. And then Tuesday mm-hmm. you'll have the other half of the uh, of the game ones, uh, the Rangers and the Devils, Lightning and Maple Leafs, Jets, Golden Knights, and Kraken Colorado. So this this looks to be a really good first round here. I think so. Yeah, there's some oh. good there's some good like um, rematches from last year in uh, like the Leafs and Lightning and the Oilers and Kings. But then there's also some good like um, some other good rivalries like Rangers Devils. I think will be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Panthers Bruins could be interesting. Not not totally sure how that one's going to go, but I, I think it could turn into a good series. I think the Panthers will, like, I, I don't think that's going to be a sweep, is what I'm saying. Yeah, um, it's it's Boston's to lose. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I think. Yeah, and then Wild Stars. I don't think that's been a matchup recently, but it's a good like interdivisional rival. It's the battle of the original Minnesota that's against true. the current Minnesota team. That's true. So. Yeah. Um, the Hockey Podcast Network is going to be ramping up watch-alongs for the playoffs currently scheduled is uh on monday dylan will be doing the panthers and bruins which is a 7 30 eastern time start 4 30 pacific and then uh the next day uh rangers and devils will which is a 7 p.m eastern start for pacific uh that game will be covered by uh neil villapiano who i'm sure everybody knows if you've turned into a watch along uh with devil's state of mind there and kyle manifold uh, as well we'll be hopping on that one so and then there will be more signups coming but those are the two that are in there right now that we can totally totally confirm but obviously check um at hockey pod net on 
Twitter probably, but all, also all the socials or just, you know, give us a subscribe at THPN on YouTube and, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get notified of when people will be going live and be able to see um, by the afternoon. Okay, this one's scheduled. I can, I can hop on and watch that. So Yeah, and if we're, uh, if we uh, together or individually do uh, any other games as well, I'm sure Carter will try to do a couple Edmonton ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be sure to post it as well on our socials. Yeah, uh, as well at Quackport Pod. So for, for sure, I do actually just want to revisit um, our throughout the season uh, game. Oh yes, we have to wrap that up quick. Yeah, uh, so we we missed doing the Vancouver one just because we took the break for Easter and then didn't account for it. So uh, yeah. we almost made it through all eighty two and then we dropped the ball right at the end. <laughs> so we we missed that one, but we got eighty one of the eighty two games predicted. Um, I uh, you obviously missed the LA one because you were gone, and I missed a Chicago one. Uh, a ways back, so we we did both predict eighty um, eighty games in total for the Anaheim Ducks, um, and I got the last one against LA. I swear you can the episode is out. You can go look. I I trust it. That's I what I said. It. So it's yeah, not that it really mattered anyways. But um, up here, here, we'll make this a, a little bigger. At the top, eighty one games total here um, for getting both the score and the team right. Uh, I got four of them as opposed to your one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which we can see in green. So I, I got one extra uh, 5-3 LA. Uh, I got a 3-2 Anaheim against Chicago, uh, 5-4 Anaheim against San Jose, and then just a couple games before that, a 4-1 uh, loss to Philly. Although this is row 41 on the spreadsheet. So about halfway through the season. It took a while to get those four. <laughs> and then you had one earlier... Yes, a uh, 5-2 loss to the Jets um, so in, the, in the first half of the season somewhere. So. so that was your one. But if we break it out into just score and just team, we both got the score right, just the score, not the team, four times. So I guess for me, um, if I got the score right, I also got the team. Uh, and then for you, you got the score right three other times, but just the team wrong. Does that make sense? So for yep. a total of four times each. Uh, and then in terms of predicting the team, you got 50. So you, out of uh, 80 games, 50 of the times you, you predicted whether it would be a win or a loss correctly, which I, I think is pretty fucking good. Yeah. You know, in terms of points percentage, <laughs> 50 out of 80, uh, 0.625. Sweet. Which... Uh, so you're telling me I should put some money down at DraftKings uh, Sportsbook? You should. On, yeah, just just on winner and loser. That's I actually like just on the money line kind of thing. I actually have yeah. been doing pretty well. Uh, yeah, I was talking, I'm, to, I'm talking to you about this like for over the like the last two or three weeks. I was uh, putting down a couple bets again, and mm-hmm. um, I've I, I've made some money. We'll put it that way. So nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, fifty out of eighty is point six two five, which would be good for twelfth uh, in the league. Say just uh, ahead of Seattle, but just behind Minnesota. But obviously, you know that doesn't account for like points from overtime losses because we can't have like you know ties and this yeah. kind of thing. So, uh, <laughs> and then yeah, I, I got the team right forty-seven times uh, out of eighty, so a little bit less accurately than you. But that, that's there where we, we sit. So I don't know who wins and loses this. I don't know. We have it was just kind of <laughs> fun to do. So I win the money line bet, but you win the. Um... Oh, what's it called for like if you're uh, like the, the score prediction, the spread the spread yeah the spread yeah yeah, yeah you get you, you win go. the spread but I win the money lines <laughs> yeah perfect perfect <laughs> so sweet 
Yeah, I, I totally forgot. I almost forgot that we uh, had done that and that we should, you know, do yeah. a full, <laughs> full recap of that. But yeah, okay. Uh, anything else that I'm forgetting? Uh, I think that's everything. I think so too. Yeah. Do okay. we? Do we want to tempt fate? Do we want to run the draft simulator? One, one. Let's one see. Sim give it to me. And give, see give me what the, we get. Give me, give me the lottery balls. Let's let's throw it up here. All right, let's pull it up here. All right, so this is from our good friends over at Tankathon. There, as you can see. Well, I guess we're recording this on Sunday, so we got 21 days away from the NHL draft mm. lottery. So we are going to sim the lottery and cross your fingers that Anaheim would be the one to get it. Carter, can we get a drum roll, please? Yes, we can. Fuck. The Anaheim oh, Ducks no. dropped a third spot. <laughs> it's okay. We'll cut this part out. No one needs to see yes, this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no. But you know what, though? Because it happened on this show... It just means that we're actually going to get it. Yeah, exactly. On May 8th. Yeah. So, okay. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we, we got all the bad juju out of the way. Now, now we just get the, the good juju. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if you're not happy with those results, just head over to Tankathon, hit Sim Lottery until you get the ones you want. That's all you got to do. <laughs> I think before this show, I did five Sims and I got the Ducks twice. <laughs> okay. Two out of five. It's not bad. So it just, 40, that's forty percent. That's better than the twenty five percent. My browser just might not like me today. So that could be it. Yeah, <laughs> you never know. Never know. All right. Well, yeah, that is the episode. Our season recap episode. Um, yeah, moving forward, we are going to be taking a break uh, for the playoffs since the Ducks did not make it. Uh, so, yeah, like a long break, extended break. Um, so we're planning our next episode for July 5th, so about two and a half months from now, uh, where that will we'll kind of have like a big sort of mega bonus episode where the, the playoffs will obviously be done by that point. So we'll wrap up the playoffs with whoever comes out on top. Um, then the draft will happen on the 28th and 29th of June, the first round being the 28th, and then free agency opens on the 1st. So July 5th gives us a time a bit of time for free agency to kind of kick off, see what happens the first few days, and then we'll just, you know, have a big big chunk of news to talk about. Maybe, probably a new coach. Hopefully a new coach. By so, that point, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so so we'll have a big episode to talk about there. So, yeah, um, so yeah we'll, be, we'll be pretty silent for about two and a half months. You know, maybe the odd episode comes out, just, you know, yeah. one of us hops on for 15 minutes. We'll, like Nate said, we'll... Still be doing a few watch-alongs here and there. Undecided yet yeah. which if, ones if, we'll do. But If the Ducks get the first overall pick, you bet your ass there's going to be a 15-minute episode of us just screaming. <laughs> in the best way possible. Just screaming. And, no and, words, and, and just pop, screaming. And popping champagne. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll be radio silent, on at least on the podcasting front for a couple months. Um, but, you know, give us a follow at Quack Report Pod on... Twitter probably is the best place for that, but on any of the other places as well, uh, eventually you'll get notified, say, oh, Instagram, oh, they posted a new episode. Oh, YouTube says they're going live now. Cool. Um, Facebook as well, at Quack Report Pod, um, just, to, just to see what we're up to and, and when before, yeah. uh, between now and July 5th, I suppose. So, yeah. Did I miss anything? 
I don't think so. Okay, cool. Nate, if people want to, uh, I don't know, celebrate the, uh, the, the ultimate tank and the, the firing of Coach Eakins, uh, where can they do that at with you? Uh, you can do that with me on Twitter at Tate Nomas, T-A-T-E-N-H-O-M-A-S. Yeah, and I will be on Twitter at Carter underscore Potts, P-O-T-T-S underscore 97. Uh, I will obviously be watching the Oilers and Kings series, and I'm sure that, you know, there will be lots of you saying, fuck the Kings and fuck the Oilers, but unfortunately, both <laughs> of those things can't happen, so you got to pick one of the sides. <laughs> um, I mean, you yeah, could just I, say, I, let's I go abs, know, too. I don't but... even know who, would, who, who I would take for that one. No. If, I, if I had gun, gun to the earth. Uh, we're gun to fine. the earth? Gun to the earth. Oh, gun to the earth, yeah. yeah. We're all we're all dying. Sorry, I can't. Pick. Great, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that's where you can follow me on Twitter if you want to, you know, discuss that series or any any other th- things that might be on your mind, hockey or otherwise. Uh, yeah, at Quack Report Pod, at Hockey Pod Net, or at THPN on YouTube. Thank you guys very very much for tuning in to another great episode and season of the yeah. Quack Report. Uh, we will see you guys another time and uh, go Dex go for next season. Sure, next season.